When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for the speed. You know, I don't think Patrick Royce is going to like some parts of my list. Maybe he will, but we'll see. No, Patrick would get upset about or disagree with something. No, I find yeah, that hard to believe. But but as I teased, I, I do, and we will, by the way, get to my, my tease on the gopher thing. you got to remind me before, but I'm going to make you wait two hours for the, the, the top 15. Gophers of 2000. But I thought you were you were going to drive them to the website. You weren't really going to get into it. Well, I'm that. driving to the website. You can go there. I might get into it. Okay. We'll see. I mean, we got two hours. Yeah. Not, we got plenty of time. On. I mean, you know, let's face it. So the biggest sports stories of the year in Minnesota. Okay. Biggest. Okay. okay. So it's what I consider when I when I use the word big, I mean like impactful from a from a more of a general perspective. Okay. Uh not and so I'll go down the list. I got six. I didn't limit myself to any number. I came up with six. Of the calendar year 2017. Calendar year 2017. Number six. Vikings find a QB in Case Keenum. And wow. the reason, That's number six? And I'm going to tell you why it's number six. Wow. One, you know, I think the Vikings, and I predicted this year in the offseason, before the season started, I predicted the Vikings to go 10 and six. Okay. And most people were predicting eight or nine wins. And Vegas, I think, had them at, what, eight and a half? Maybe seven and a half? So it's kind of been a surprise how good they've been. And, yeah, a lot has gone right. But I, when I looked at last year when they started 5-0, and which I think was kind of lucky because they had this huge turnover differential, but I thought when they went 3-8, and they were kind of unlucky too. They lost a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. And their offense was, while Sam Bradford you know, had the completion percentage record, you had the, the no-running game, you had the poorest offensive line, uh, you did have Thielen starting to, you know, Thielen didn't really start becoming Thielen until about two thirds of the way through the season. He had the, the great end of the season. He had that great game against Green Bay when the Vikings lost. And I remember when when that game happened, when they lost to Green Bay and Green Bay and got beat pretty handily. And Jordy Nelson had a huge game. And I said, well, gee, Jordy Nelson was the second best receiver on the field. I kind of said it jokingly. Because Thielen had a much had even a better day. Jordy had like 200 yards, and Thielen had like 220. And I kind of said it jokingly, but that ain't a joke now. No. In other words, even then, guys like me, who I was starting to appreciate Thielen, much like Case Keenum this year, you thought, this guy can't really be this good. He played at Mankato State. Hey, he no. wasn't drafted. He, he, I know he looks great. But he can't really be great, right? That's what everybody was thinking. Well, and he's and I know Jordy Nelson's been hurt, but but I think he's better than Jordy Nelson ever was. Frankly, I just think he's that good. I also think that Jordy Nelson is he's a he's a good player, but he is much more of a product of of having a Hall of Fame quarterback. I agree with that. So so to me, I looked at that Viking season and I thought with Sam Bradford coming back 
and the offensive line, if it's even a little bit better, and Delvin Cook, and now you've got two good receivers, if the offense goes from being the 28th or 29th in the league to 15th, they'll win 10 games. Sure. Well, the offense has been top 10, and it's been top 10 without Delvin Cook and without Sam Bradford, and they found Case Keenum. And if you see what's going on in San Francisco, or what they went four or five in a row with Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the hottest teams in the league. Having it, and look at look at the Houston Texans when they had Deshaun Watson, then he went out, and that's why these guys that are talking that they don't want to go to the Browns. If I was the number one pick, I'd go to the Browns. I would say if I'm any good, you got Josh Gordon if he stays eligible. You you had a bunch of high draft picks. You got a bunch more. You got a decent. If I'm any good, line. we could start winning next year. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo has taken one of the worst teams in the league and won five straight. Four or five straight. Mm-hmm. Right? Four straight, but yeah. Uh, just with better quarterback play, that makes such a difference in the league. So the reason it's not higher is because the Vikings haven't, they've won a division. That's all they've accomplished so far. They've won a division. Okay, they won a division a couple so of years ago. this one is subject to change. Right. Based it, upon. If they win the Super Bowl, then he'll be number one at the end of next year. Got it. Unless, you know, something really crazy happens, like the Timberwolves win the NBA title. <laughs> it would if, if if the Vikings win the Super Bowl in, you know, six weeks, uh, it would take a lot to overcome that next year, right? It would take a lot. It would have to be a great year if that was not your best, most impactful. The no. Twins would need to go 162-0. Well, no, just win the World <laughs> Series. would get it done. Sure. Uh, twins, number five, Twins return to competitiveness. I mean, I think that is a great step because they had been in a good, you know, two years ago, and then it was so horrible in 16. And now they've returned to competitiveness. Not only that, but you, they've got guys that are in charge that kind of know what they're doing, and they've got a lot of good young players. So to me, that's, that's – it's, it's, it's impactful because you can see it as the beginning of something instead of an old team hanging on. Well, and it's not exactly. And it isn't a case where they had their one shot and they only got to the wild card. No, this is kind of a team that's on the verge of maybe. And again, I still think they need to do quite a bit they to do. return to the postseason next year. But still, they've got some pretty good pretty good building blocks and a solid foundation. They do. So that's number five. All and, right. and, and again, all they did was you know get the wild card. So it's not any more important than that. Number four, Gophers basketball finishes 11-7 and seven in the Big Ten. And you were asking me earlier, does the Big Ten do it? I mean, making the tournament's one thing. A Gopher basketball team had not finished above 500 in the conference since 2006. So to go 11-7 and seven in the conference, which was a very good Big Ten conference last year. Yes, it was. Big Ten's not as good a conference this year. No, it's not. Uh, and the Gophers, aren't. Oh, I don't think, are as good as they were last year either because they lost, they've lost too many guys. But they're still good. But the disappointing finish and the loss well, this, in the first round of the this tournament? This is the biggest stories of the year, not the most disappointing stories Got of the it. year. Got it. Okay. And notice I stopped. Okay. They, they were 11-7 and seven in the Big Ten, which is a long-time Gopher fan. That was a lot. And won eight in a row at one point. You know, did win a, a con, you know, got to the, what, the, the they got they got a two-round bye in the Big Ten tournament, got to the semifinals, only winning one game. Mm-hmm. But they won one game, got to the, so they finished fourth in the regular season, and they finished, you know, tied for third in the tournament. That that was good. Yeah. What and happened? Coming in, off the the terrible yes. season from the year before as well, too. Yeah. Number three, Lynx win another title, and, and I got it. To, the reason I, then that's that's high, uh, but maybe not. The reason it's not high is because they, they're already there, you know. And but I thought that if you read the story uh, about um, Cheryl Reeve, they brought up, and I remember watching. I was riveted by that. I mean, really, the last. 10 games that they've played with the Sparks in the two WNBA finals. And I know you agree with me, Manny. Spectacular. Oh, fantastic. All 10 games are spectacular. I mean, these teams are the two best in the league. And in a lot of ways, it's a better rivalry than Cleveland and the Warriors because we all know if the Warriors really play their game, Cleveland can't beat them. Right? They just can't. I mean, maybe this year with Isaiah, you know, and and Kevin Love playing better, maybe it'll be a different fight. But, and and, and LeBron did get one of three. But but the Sparks and Lynx, it's a toss-up. 
It's one call here. It's one shot there. So evenly matched. And, yeah. and the significant moment was game four early on when Lindsey Whalen had that flagrant foul and just pumped her fist like, come on, we ain't losing tonight. That was... That was to me the moment of the season that she she basically decked whoever it was coming down the paint and stood over and said and they talked about that in the article <laughs> that Lindsey Whalen wasn't going to let them uh, lose that game. That's number three. Number two, Gophers hire PJ Fleck, and I was tempted to take that as number one. Wow. And did you read the story today? One, yeah, they had a crappy year last year. I, I expected that. His recruiting class, for whatever it's worth, is probably the best one. You know. Brewster had that one, but none of the guys showed up on campus, okay? So I think when you see how many guys actually get into school and stay on the team for a year, this will be their best recruiting class, better than that one Brewster had where half the guys never made it, Mm -hmm. okay? That one was better at this point in time. But if you saw the story about the quarterback who's going to be a preferred walk-on here who plays at that IMG Academy where P.J. Flight was in today's paper— where PJ not Fleck, the Vic Veramados kid no, or whatever his is name a, is. This is this a different is, quarterback. This is a freshman. Okay, that 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 is from Minnesota somewhere, and he went down to this IMG, and he's now going to go to Minnesota as a preferred walk-on, and then they might get him a scholarship later. And I don't even know if he'll be any good. But he talked to these two guys, these two offensive linemen that PJ Fleck got late in the recruiting cycle out of IMG, and and the stories were that when PJ Fleck came down to IMG, IMG, which is like a you know it's a it's a football factory, right? Mm-hmm. Every big coach is there all the time, every year. And that, that P.J. Fleck had an impact on these kids, this whole shtick that Roycey and stuff don't like, it's going to work. He's going to get kids to come here that otherwise wouldn't come here, and that's why I think this is going to be a significant—he is going to be, without question, in my mind, the best coach here since the glory days. Now, whether he'll stay or whether he'll finish it, I don't know. But he will be—and and again, it doesn't take much to be the best coach since 1967— Right. Well, Mace had a good run. Mace had a good. He'll be better than Mace. He'll be better than Mace. He'll be better than Kill. I believe that. And they hired him. That was a big get for them because you know I don't think he wanted to come here. You know he was the big name. He really wanted to. He was thinking of going to Oregon. Was thinking of going to Purdue. They went otherwise. Yeah, I think we were his third choice, frankly. Uh, but he's embraced it. I think that's going to be an impactful thing on this program. The most impactful thing I think that's happened since they hired Lou Holtz, in my opinion. And number one, Wolves get Jimmy Butler. I mean, anybody that's watched Jimmy Butler play, I mean, that is a legitimate. There's one reason they're 21 and 13, and it ain't Tim's. It's Jimmy Butler. It's you've got a guy that knows how to win games. They'd be right back in the lottery if they. They'd didn't be have him. right back in the lottery, yep. if, but for Jimmy Butler. So to can, me, that's can, impact. Can we do this? Because yeah. we got we got a break, but I want to react to a couple of things. Because yeah. I, I don't. We got plenty of time. <laughs> We've got time on our side. Uh, we'll go down the list again. Biggest sports stories of the year, according to Corzo. Number six, Vikings find a QB in Case Keenum. Number five, Twins return to competitiveness. Number four, Gophers basketball finishes 11-7 and seven in Big Ten. Number three, Lynx win another title. Number two, Gophers hire P.J. Fleck. Number one, Wolves get Jimmy Butler. I think you have the Case Keenum story way too low. All right. Well, would, you, would you put it well, ahead of Jimmy Butler? I probably would, and I'm thinking in terms of the scope of the sports landscape as a whole, because no matter what, the Vikings will always dominate every talker in town because it's the Vikings. They're the number one follower. They're the number one team in this market, and it's not even close. But I'll put it to you this way. Jimmy Butler is a top 15 player in the NBA. Sure. He has been, and Case Keenum, I you look, nobody, I think Case Keenum's really good. I think he's the quarterback of the three that they have on their roster that I'd give the money to and I'd keep. But he has only done it for... You know, two thirds of a th- you know three quarters of a season. 
Jimmy Butler's done it for a long time. And Jimmy Butler's established. You but know I, what he is. But I think the no reason f- that he hasn't done it that much is what makes it an even bigger story. I mean, this is, to a certain extent, this is kind of like what Kurt Warner did in 99 with the Rams. Where, where he came from absolute obscurity and led the team to the Super Bowl. Now, ultimately, this story has to play itself out. I get that. But I, that's that's part of why I think it's the biggest story of 2017. Well, and that's the second reason that I put it low is because they haven't done anything yet. I mean, the Vikings themselves say it. I mean, look. Going th- going at twelve and three is something. Uh, probably being a top two seed is something. Mm-hmm. That's all there. Okay, they've set themselves up great. But if they lose the first playoff game, you know it's still a great season and it's still a great story. And I'd still sign Case Keenum. But it's not the impact that I think that Butler can bring to the Timberwolves. But that's okay, we'll but, see. He but might look have it. to this point, as as I know you guys know way more about it than I do. But would you guys agree that the Wolves have, to a certain extent, underachieved to this point Absolutely. of the season? And that's all I'll get to that in my disappointments of the season. And oh, I, I will here get we to go. That. So we will. So the disappointments, <laughs> here we go. Number, and this is going in reverse. Number, number Thibodeau five. Wiggy. Thibodeau yeah, Wiggy. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. Well, I do have Wiggy mentioned here. Okay, number, right, number five. Gophers lose to Middle Tennessee State. That was a bummer. That, that was, was it, a, it, yes. It, it was, a, and you know, I know Akeem Springs was hurt and Nate Mason wasn't healthy. And there's a lot of excuses. But it was, that was just a very depressing game. They, they were never really in it. It was such a letdown. It was a letdown. Because there was, and, there were serious expectations. And, and, and buzz around that team going into yeah, that game. I mean, fifth seed, you know, if, like I said, finishing fourth in the Big Ten regular season, make it to the semis. Uh, yeah, that was that was a bummer. And that, remember that, going into that, all of the Wisconsin fans were so mad that the Gophers got yeah. a higher seed than the Badgers And then Wisconsin, did. what, beat, they won two games, didn't they? Because beat they Villanova. Because they won the Sweet 16. Villanova. Yeah, yeah, they beat Villanova. Uh, number four, and and this, I think, is, is, and I think maybe a lot of people would have this on their list, but I think this, this almost could be number one, given how what I feel about this guy. Dalvin Cook tears his ACL. Yeah. Because I really like what Latavius Murray has done and what Jarek McKinnon have done. I, I I really like both those guys a lot as players. They were really, you know, signing Latavius Murray, thank God, right? And Jarek McKinnon, who I never really liked for three years in this Pat Shermer offense with a little offensive lineup, has been has been really good. But I see Latavius Murray go through, and mature, Mur, Latavius Murray is very good at reading the, the blocking and getting, you know, to the quote-unquote second level. But once he gets to the second level, you know, he'll get you eight yards. Okay, he'll get you nine yards. He's broken a couple runs. Seeing Dalvin Cook consistently on that second level, I think it would be an explosiveness that that ultimately could cost this team the Go Super back Bowl. and watch that Tampa yes. Bay game over. That Tampa Bay mm-hmm. game, when they after they had lost to the Steelers, yes. they came home and he dominated that yeah, game. Yeah, he, he's yeah. the real deal. And, and I'll that, never forget because uh, the reason I, the, I was out of town, Manny's the one that told me that because I was down in Atlanta. I was at the Falcons-Bills game, yeah. and I was sitting in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, this brand new, and it, the Bills were beating the Falcons. We were all, I was with the Bills Mafia. Everything was great. And then I saw, oh, the Vikings have only got seven points. And then Manny goes, Cooks out for the year he tore his knee. And I was like, I was so dejected because you at that mm-hmm. point thought, well, the season's over. You just lost your starting yeah. quarterback. Now you lost your prized uh, rookie. Just I, lost to the Lions. You just lost to the Lions. Yeah, and you're 2-2. Furthermore, two two. furthermore, if he hadn't gotten hurt on that play, he wouldn't have fumbled. And they probably right. would have won. And they'd probably be the number one seed. I mean, that was a, that was a devastating game all the way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, because And it was a home game, yeah, too. He was yeah. in such pain that he fumbled. Okay? And that led to, to, to the points that got the Lions back in the game. So... Uh, look, they lost the game, but if he doesn't fumble there, they, they probably win the game. Okay. And, it's, and it's big because he was leading the league in rushing yes. at and, the time of the and injury. And he, unlike AP, he's the guy that could catch the ball and yes. block. And yes. that's what all three of these guys can do. Jarek McKinnon is an incredible blocker, and and Murray does a good job. 
Uh, they're they're really good backs, but he's just the, so that's number four. Plus, he did the dirty bird when he scored the touchdown. Yeah, that, that, was awesome. that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Number three. Irvin Santana spits the bit in Yankee Stadium. Again, mm. that was very similar to I'm the surprised NCAA. you have that higher than the Cook injury. Well, yeah, you know, but that was, to me, to me, it was like, to me, it reminded me a lot of the 2009 NFC Championship game played in January 2010. When I'm watching the game and I'm going, oh, the Vikings aren't going to win, they're not going to win, they're not going to win, they're not going to win. Then all of a sudden, Chester Taylor rips off that run. Yep. I go, they're going to win, and then it goes away. I didn't expect them to beat the Yankees. But the one hat chance they had was who's the Yankee starter, that young guy who choked all over himself? Uh, uh, Seravino. Yeah. And the Twins just, and the Twins should have had more runs. They, they were up and he was on the ropes. And much credit to Joe Girardi. He went in and brought his bullpen. He got stud 27 in there. or 26 outs from his bullpen. Yeah. And he just said, I can't do it. But all of a sudden you had hope. And that hope was gone in about a minute and a half when Irvin Santana couldn't throw a strike. And I, I, I expected to see P dribbling down his legs. It was I didn't expect that from Irvin Santana. When he was given a three-run lead, I texted Royce after he walked Brett Gardner yep. lead off the bottom. I go, they're going to lose. I agree. You, he, when he walked the lead off better, I knew they were going to lose. The thing that I loved, why I've always loved watching Irvin Santana pitch, he's so relaxed. He doesn't look like he's throwing hard. He looks like nothing bothers him. But, you know, if you look back, he had some games this year where something went wrong, and he he did have he showed you signs of occasionally. I remember there was a game when the Twins were up five nothing, and somebody booted a grounder, and, and all of a sudden he just melted down, and they ended up losing the game. I mean, he was great all year, mm -hmm. but I guess I thought that the cool Irvin Santana is what we were going to get, and we he, he, he couldn't he got do just it. Just the opposite. He got just the and that's yep. why that was so. And again, they still a three run lead over the Yankees in that ballpark. You're a long way away from winning the game, but to give it back. I mean, before there was two outs in the in the bottom of the first was disheartening. Yes, to say the least. That I'm was disheartening. I'm with you there. Uh, number two, uh, Tibbs fails to ca notice. I said number one was getting Jimmy Butler. <laughs> number two is Tibbs failing to capitalize on the Butler acquisition. And and to me, when they got Butler, they needed to do two things. They they needed to get wing scoring, and they needed to get a big man that could that could take Cat off the block, and he did neither of those things. Instead, he spent he wasted five million dollars on getting a point guard who doesn't really make them any better. He's different. I I I, I think that if Ricky Rubio was their point guard now, they'd have the same record. I really believe that. I Tibbs that Teague doesn't make them worse. Uh, I just think that that was a wasted five million dollars. Uh, and then he goes. But did they get a first round pick no, as a result of? Oh, they might they have. Got the, they, got, they got the Oklahoma City pick. From, from Utah from, when from they Utah. traded Rubio. Yeah. Okay. So they'll get something. Yeah. Maybe a low-round first-round sure. pick that doesn't help. But I'm just saying that, to me, I looked at that, and and now they don't have three-point shooting, and they don't have any wing depth. You know, he, he didn't he didn't address the problem. And then the huge blunder was he could have— I, I firmly believe that when when uh, Kyrie Irving said, I, I'll go to—I'd like to go to Minnesota— that that Tibbs, if he seriously wanted to trade Wiggy and throw in another piece, he could have gotten it done. It's never been confirmed, but by all accounts, I don't even know that he ever offered Wiggy, and that was a huge blunder. And if they had Kyrie Irving on this team, uh, this team would be right up there. They'd be nipping on the heels. I don't think uh, so. They'd be nipping on the heels of if they. How would I that have worked? So. It's, a, it's a double. It's a double whammy, um, Manny, because one, you you don't have Wiggins taking thirty six minutes on the floor, and by the way, but you, by but the then, way, the last but then you two have Kyrie Irving and Jeff Teague as your starting backcourt. That'd be and fine. That is, that is a nightmare defensively. Yeah, I, I, I. It's a nightmare defensively. I, I, and and what he's so so you think Kyrie Irving's a worse defender and, than Wiggy? Is that what you think? No. He's he's about the no, same. Or no, maybe a little you're, better. You're, you're, Only you're he missing scores. the point. You're he missing take, the point. He would take Wiggy's spot. So you'd basically be trading Wiggy for Kyrie Irving. But Corzo, you're not you are you're you're looking at it from a black and white standpoint. 
if you put Jeff Teague and Kyrie Irving, first of all, both guys need the ball in their hands a lot. A lot. Okay, play Tyus then. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, Tyus moves the ball. If, I'm you saying- could, if you could trade Jeff Teague and Andrew Wiggins for Kyrie Irving, then you'd do it. Okay. Well, that you but, could, but could, Jeff Teague, but you exactly you could not move okay, Jeff Teague until all, December fifteenth. All, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, man, so I, is, I'm, so I, you, you don't have to buy that they'd be nipping on the heels of the Rockets. Okay, I, I'll, I'll take that back. But but you, you you don't think that if you if instead of having Wiggins, you had Kyrie Irving, this team wouldn't be better? No. Well, we'll disagree. They would have they would have the same problems. The reason why the Celtics are doing well with Kyrie Irving right now is because Kyrie Irving is out there with four guys on the floor who don't need touches. And don't need the basketball in their hands a lot. Well, it's we, a different. It would be a different situation. Wiggins here. is getting sixteen to eighteen shots a game, and he's shooting a true shooting percentage of fifty percent, which is amongst the worst in the league. Kyrie Irving's true shooting percentage is about sixty percent. So if Kyrie Irving was taking the same shots as Wiggy, they'd be scoring about eight or nine points a game, and their record would be four but or five. You games can't. Better. You can't definitively say that because you don't okay. know how that. You don't know how this team would perform. With Kyrie Irving here and Jeff Teague sharing the same backcourt with him. Well, all I'm saying is it'd be better than Wiggy. We'll disagree. And number one, the number one biggest disappointment of the year for me, even though I'm not a huge hockey fan, was the wild collapse in the playoffs. Be- because, because they had such a great regular season. Because they were playing a St. Louis team that they were heavily favored by, that the advanced stats said they should have won. Against your former coach. Against your former coach. And then they just laid a horrible egg. And I know that Jake Allen was great. Uh, and you know, and, and again, if we get into the show later, I may have like New Year's resolutions for teams. See, I'm pulling them all all the stops out now. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a hint on one of them. The New Year's resolution for the Wild is just get in the playoffs, and then for God's sakes, let's hope that when they get to the playoffs, you actually have the good Devin Dubnik. That's it. Yeah. yeah, nothing else. If you get in, I mean, last year the the Predators were horrible, and they get in and their goalie's red hot, and they almost won the cup. So you know it can happen. So I, I'd like to see that, but but those are my uh, my biggest disappointments because they were so good all year, and you know they had that little foible in in like early February or something. But yeah, that was a bummer because 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 NHL playoffs are fun to watch and it would have been fun to watch. And when we come back, uh, what do we got uh, coming up here? Uh, you guys can comment on that if you want, or we can talk about little NFL playoff uh, positioning and who the Vikings uh, might prefer to play. I'm like any crazy fan. Uh, I kind of enjoy morphing after my years of being a sports writer. I've enjoyed morphing back into just kind of being a crazy fan. I'm not as crazy. Did you happen to see when the Steelers lost to the Patriots? Did you see that tweet of that guy sitting in his living room taken by his kids? Uh, And I don't think it was a joke. Did you happen to see that, Manny? I retweeted it. But there's a guy, he looks like he's probably about my age, maybe mid-50s. He's got the, the he's got the Steelers Zubas on. He's got the Steelers. Did he do the freak out and break the TV and all no, that oh, garbage? Yeah, he, no, he's, oh, he, he like, so when you see the Steelers, when they gave up the touchdown, you know, to fall behind with like a minute to go, he throws the chips, he's throwing stuff, he's screaming, he's hollering, and then, yeah. they, and then they score, and he's going crazy, and then they disallow it, and he's throwing the crap, and then he throws the interception. And so the kids. The How kids, old were the kids? Oh, they were like. You know, in their twenties, okay. I mean, they're amused by it. Okay, sure. <laughs> that's why they're taping it. And so then, the, the, you know, the, the camera phone, and when the, the game's over, they they take all the pictures of the floor with the chips and the dip everywhere. They show the food plastered to the wall. Can <laughs> I mean, you imagine they, watching a game with that guy? No, the kids were Ooh. loving it though. I mean, the kids were, were. But don't you hate that guy? Yeah, of course I, I, I hate that absolutely guy. hate that guy. So I mean, I'm not saying that when certain things happen, like when Blair Walsh missed the kick. Yeah, I, I probably. 
I, I, I slammed the couch but with my But huge difference. I didn't throw stuff at the TV. Number one, that was a playoff game that cost you a victory. This was a regular season game. Uh, granted, a uh, big regular one. season game. Almost like a playoff but game. But a regular curtain. season game. Yeah. And, he, and he's acting like a complete child in front of his own grown-up children. He is. I, all right, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, no, I'm taking but you I try not. I try not to do that. But, but, but we all can get that way. Sure. I mean, like, I'm very superstitious. Like, we moved into this new house, and the first game I watch... I I have a guy downstairs hanging my TV up because I can't do it downstairs. So I'm upstairs watching the Vikings on my upstairs TV, and they lose. I don't think anything of it. Like the next three games, I watch downstairs. And after like the third game, I go, they've won all three of these. I can't go upstairs to watch anymore. I can't do it. Even though I really like the upstairs as a way better man cave than the downstairs. All right. So until they lost to the Panthers, I would refuse to watch the game anywhere but downstairs. But downstairs. Then they <laughs> lost to the Panthers, and we had people over for the Packers game, and I thought, well, they're playing the Packers. And they did lose downstairs when I was watching the Panthers. I will okay that we can watch it upstairs. And I was relaxed. But I'm saying I'm crazy too, so I can relate. So there's this sense that I have that I can't ever say to myself that if, that if I embrace the chance the Vikings have to win a Super Bowl, that I will get crushed. And then if I don't embrace it, I bring up the the, the, the uh, Saints game all the time, all season on these airwaves. You know, what a great season the Vikings were having, right? But again, remember late in the year they lost at Carolina in that season. Yes, they did. That yeah. cost them the, the number one, one seed. Field, yep. And they lost to Carolina this year that lost. cost them the number one they seed. They lost to the Bears late in that year. Too. Yes, that they cost did. Them. Yep. They did. And and so, and, and, the, and the Carolina that year was crappy. Uh, this year they were good. So there's a, there's a difference there. But, I mean, but when you've gone, what, uh, what they've gone ten and one in their last eleven games. It's kind of hard to get too upset with the one loss, right? Ten and one, pretty good. But I look at this team and I'm going. When I look at the teams in the NFC, if I was not a Vikings fan, I'd pick them to win it. I would pick them to win it. They they, they they've already beaten the Saints a long time ago. They beat the Rams. They can beat good quarterbacks. And you know Philadelphia has not looked good. They've won their games, and I give them credit. And you'd have to play them on the road, but. You know, I'm saying I I would say who if the Vikings win their first playoff game, uh, you know, get the number two seed and win the first playoff game. I would say there's I would not be the least bit surprised if Philly loses their game to either the Rams or That's, yeah. or, or to the Saints. Hauser and I were talking. In fact, they about might this. be in, they might be favored after watching the Eagles on Monday night against the Raiders and after seeing the highlights of the game against the Giants the week before. I am now more convinced that if the Eagles even find a way to win their division round, if the Vikings have to go to Philadelphia, I, I'm not I'm not the least bit concerned. And if, if the Vikings play the Rams, they are a completely different team without right. Carson Wentz. And if the and if the Vikings play either the Rams or Saints, they're playing them at home. Yeah. And so I'd pick them. That didn't mean would it surprise me if they lost to the Saints again or if they lost to the Rams? No. But I would I would say 60-65% chance I think the Vikings are going to win that game. And I think because everybody wanted the Vikings to get the number one seed, but if the Eagles lose, it doesn't matter. No. Then, the, 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 then the route still goes through Minneapolis. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking by by embracing this, and I haven't embraced it yet. I'm just saying how my thought process is. Are going. we still at arm's length? We're still at arm's length. All right. Because why <laughs> do I think that by embracing it, that's going to have any impact on the game? Because you don't, you know why? It's not. Because the to all of us that have grown up here, the Vikings are the girl that breaks our heart. We don't want to love her because we know she's going to break our heart again. She's going to go cheat on us with the New Orleans Saints in 2009 or the Washington Redskins in 1987 or the Falcons in 1999 or the Gi It doesn't matter because she's always the girl that's broken our heart. So what we, we can't find a way to right. trust her now. And, and we're always going to believe that she's going to break our hearts until she finally doesn't. And and you know what else she is? She's a beautiful girl. Oh, and yeah. I will yeah. say this. Gorgeous. I will say this because... 
Looks the, better the, some years than others. Right, but. but that's but the Vikings have been. This is their fifty seventh season. Okay, they've made the playoffs now with this year twenty nine. That means they've made the playoffs twenty nine times and missed the playoffs twenty eight. And think back, there used to be just eight teams made it. And in this bloating, uh, you know, we're now, you know, what, 16 out of 30 NBA teams make the playoffs and 16 out of, what, 31 or however many NHL teams make the playoffs. Even with the now that we're up to 12, and we've been up to 12 for, what, maybe 15 years? Since the expanded wild card. Yeah, maybe 20 years. That's still 12 out of 32. 20 miss. That's what, 40%? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they've made it over 50%. And it used to be be like 8 out of 24. It, it's not as easy to, you know, baseball is the hardest to make the playoffs, but but football, it's still not that easy. It's not like the, and to make it more than half the time, I think they've, I think over those 57 years, they've made the playoffs as much as any other team in the NFL. I think that's true. So right up there, I mean, 29 out of 57. So they've made it 29, missed it 28. And a lot of those years, they've been really good. In other words, this is not a crappy team that, that this, this is the Red Sox before the Red Sox won. Because the Red Sox were always good and always broke the hearts of their fans. That's the Vikings. They're very good and consistently good. I broke it down by decade. They've been they've had very few droughts where they're terrible. So they, that's why that's when I say they're a pretty girl. They 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 get there a lot and they break our heart a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I guess it's kind of like Lucy and Charlie Brown. You know, <laughs> she she th- she he always believes she's not going to pull the football, but she always does. Uh, I know we were sent him to the website, but now seems like a good time to, oh. uh, to go Jake Dupuis. Heck of a tease. Dupuis, uh, all millennial, not meaning millennials, mm-hmm. maybe some of them are. But this, this, uh, de- Since not 2000. Decade, this century. Yeah, which has not exactly been a glorious time for Gophers basketball from 2000 uh, through 2017. Uh, they uh, have won one NCAA tournament game over that time. With Tubby over UCLA, right? With Tubby, and then he got fired about yep. two days later. Uh, so, but, but I think Jake Dupuis, who must be a longtime Gopher fan, cause I really like, I like his list with the exception of one guy and we'll get to it. The first team, uh, for the Gophers all millennial team is I think right on with the exception of one guy, Vince Greer. Sure. I'll just Vince Greer, people, I, I don't forget how good Vince Greer was. Vince Greer was a guy and you remember him, Manny, he, he the guy could not shoot. The guy was a crappy shooter yet. He could score mm-hmm. an, an incredible number of points cause he was so aggressive going to the basket. If he would have had yep. a three point shot. He he probably would have, and he he came close to making a couple of NBA teams because he had everything. Wasn't he in camp with the Heat? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he I mean, he had all the ability. He, he could defend. He could handle the ball. He, Although he when just he cut his hair, a, he lost his mojo. Yeah. He just when he, he cut his hair, man. He, he had played. Great hair. He played the way the Wolves need Andrew Wiggins to play. Yes. He he just yes. and, and but Vince Greer just was never a very good shooter. And but but how about this? He says Greer only played two. Greer only played two years in maroon and gold after transferring from Charlotte, but he made his mark. In 0405, he was particularly dominant, averaging 17.9 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 2.4 assists per game while earning first team All Big Ten honors. And of course, that all. Uh, and then the next year in 06 is actually the year they had the good year. So he was a. And you other- know what? Go back and watch that game in the big. My dad and I were at the Big Ten tournament the year that they beat Indiana. And Indiana yes. was good. And Vincent Greer dominated that game, and I thought, "Oh my God, this yeah, kid's for real." Well, yeah, the the kid was great. Uh, Nate Mason, which is you know, and he says in here, and I agree with him. He says best go for point guard, and even though I think I, I wouldn't say Bobby Jackson was a point guard because he had Eric Harris, but he's the best Gophers guard since Bobby Jackson. I mean, I mean, I, he just is. Nate Mason is yeah, that good, and you yeah. know, I, I, and the thing that I love about Mason is 
you know, he, he was good as a freshman and he was playing behind Andre. And then, and then as a sophomore, he played a little bit more and then he became a starter last year. And, you know, be, you know, and, and Richard Pitino really uh, challenged him. He says, you should be one of the best guards in the big 10. And then Nate Mace went out and did it and became a very legitimate and well-deserving first team, all big 10 guard. Is he going to be in the NBA? Will he get a look? You know, it's interesting. I think, you know, a lot of times guards that people don't think are any good can become, it's going to be a matter of can he get, he's been shooting really well this year. You know, can he hit the NBA three? But but he's a defender too. Sure. He's really good. I, I think I think he's he's a tremendous player. Uh, then then at 140 puts Jordan Murphy, which I, I mean, I, I I haven't seen many players. I, I When I think of a guy like, remember when John Thomas is a freshman? I thought John Thomas is one of the worst Big Ten players I've ever seen as a freshman. And by a senior year, he was really good. Mm-hmm. He was a really good Big Ten player. And John Thomas got so much better over his career. I was so impressed by that. And Jordan Murphy was a much better freshman than than John Thomas was. I mean, Jordan Murphy was a very good freshman. Probably made it all Big Ten freshman team, I'm guessing. But now Jordan Murphy is in the conversation for player of the year, not only in the conference, but player of the year in the country. I mean, Jordan Murphy is the real deal, folks. And if you don't watch him play, he's he's a guy that Richard He's Pati- very consistent. He's very consistent. Yeah. He knows his game. And, you know, he occasionally takes a three. He made one the other night, but he knows... He's kind of like, I'll take one a game, maybe two, but if it's in the fourth quarter of a close game, he ain't doing it. Right. He's a smart player. Uh, he, he doesn't get into foul trouble like Lynch does. He's a good defender. He's a monster rebounder. His moves around the paint are really good. He's improved his uh, touch around the rim, and he's become a good free-throw shooter after being a lousy free-throw shooter. This is a guy who continually works on his game, and good for him. Uh, he, and he's just 20-10 and 10 every night, right it in. And yep. he's really good. He's 35. You know, he's really, really good. Other than foul trouble, the only way you stop Jordan Murphy is foul trouble. And then he puts Joel Prisbilla at center, who only played here 2,000. But Joel Prisbilla was a difference maker. I remember on that team. Did he only play here one year? Well, no, one year in the 2000s. That was oh, a sophomore I'm sorry. Year. You're right. And you're so right. Okay. I remember when they beat Indiana when they were number one, and that might have been 99. I don't remember. But but every time, Munson would just coach the guys to to pressure the ball. Because when they beat got beat off the dribble, they wouldn't follow him. They'd run in and see Joel Prisbilla, and they'd run right back out. I mean, and he had a pretty good NBA career, too. Was that the game? That was his last game, because didn't he quit I think he halfway did. through the yep. season? I think he did. Yeah. Yep. And then the other guy they have on the first team is Chris Humphreys. And look, Chris Humphreys averaged 21.7 points and 10.1 rebounds per game as a freshman, but he destroyed that team. Chris Humphreys would be on no list I ever list of the Gophers ever, because at the end of the day, you know, as Herm would say, our guest coming up in 15 minutes, you play to win the game, and... It's a classic example of a guy just so concerned about his own. That's why basketball is is basketball is one of the great games because to be a great player you have to be somewhat selfish, but you have to do it in a way that's going to help your team. You know, LeBron is one of the best at that, right? All the great players can be great and look like they're ball hogs, but their teams get better the way they play. But to be devil's advocate, you can't necessarily leave him off. He was still a very good player oh, and played I, in the if NBA. If I'm doing the list, I could leave him off. <laughs> Because he he hurt that team. I think if they never had him, their record would have been better. Right. I really believe There's, that. Yeah, I, I guess I can't disagree with that. You know, they were terrible anyway. But I'm not saying he could take that team to the Final Four. But really good players, like Jimmy Butler comes on the Wolves, and they immediately improve by 10 games. Sure. You know, that's a big difference. So there's your first team. Uh, we'll maybe get to the other teams after the break uh, here on the Ride with Royce. Taking the run. All right, we do have the time for the last two teams. I can just run them down. Let's do it. Second team, Andre Hollins. Loved Andre Hollins. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I would like what he, what uh, Jake Dupuis says here at the end. Is it Jake? Did I get the name right? I got to go back to the top. I've not met Jake. He works here for the 1500ESPN.com website. Uh, but I like what he said about him here. He said, you know, he was, you know, through two coaches and a lot of upheaval. 
But he says Holland scored more than 1,700 points and represented the program and university with distinction. He really did. Class Had he not been injured, around. I bet he would have been on the first team. Yeah, he, you know, he, he had he, some ankle he, issues. Yes, yeah. he was really, really good player. And then and he's got one of my favorite golfers on the second team, Lawrence Westbrook, who single-handedly beat Wisconsin once. That was a fun game in to watch. Madison. Yep. He scored like 10 points in the last minute and a half. They yep. could not stop him. Uh, Trevor Mbakwe, who should be on the first team instead of Chris Humphreys, uh, and he says nobody played harder than Trevor Mbakwe. Amen, brother. Uh, Trevor Mbakwe was... <laughs> It would have, he was just he, Jordan Murphy is a lot like Trevor Mbakwe. I mean, they're both just beasts. It's a shame too. We only got him for one year. Was two it? years? Was it two well, years? Well, then he had a bad knee injury that one year and came back. So he was actually for three years. He came as a junior. But yeah, he had him. Okay. I remember he got hurt in like one of those tournaments because he transferred there. from Marquette. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Then he has Rick Rickert. Okay, you know he got punched by Kevin Garnett. That that should might show you is <laughs> you know that we haven't had a lot. And Reggie Lynch. Third team, Austin Hollins, who is also a great player. Uh, you know, a really good defensive player, good shooter, played well. Uh, Blake Hoffharbor, you know, uh, I'll never forget Blake. It's when I kind of turned on Tubby and why I was never against them getting rid of Tubby. When they when he played him at point Played guard. him at point, which was fine because he had nobody else. And they were playing Illinois in a game, and Blake Hoffharbor took like five three-pointers that were all wide open. And amazingly, Blake missed all five, which rarely happened. Mm-hmm. But how could you ever be mad at Blake Hoffarber taking an open three? And he's Tubby, a good shooter. And right. Tubby yelled at him. And I'm going, you're making the guy play a position he shouldn't be playing because he's never done it. He did okay at it as well as he could do. And if you're ever going to criticize Blake Hoffarber for taking a three-pointer, then you're a moron because the guy's the guy was the best three-point shooter in Gopher Sports history uh, and was a great shooter. Every, every good shooter misses some shots. Better than okay. Trent? There's no three point shooting line there. Oh, that's true. Good he point. would have been the best. Good point. Yeah, he yep. would have been the best. And then he, then he's got two of my favorites, Dusty Reichert. Uh, Dusty Reichert to I me. Love Dusty. Dusty Reichert <laughs> is the guy who, if you think you're good, you probably will be. Remember, Dusty was in the end of. He was this. He started, I think, as a walk on from Grand Rapids. Do you know he, why he got his start? Because all those guys. Well, this, in the for, tournament game. Well, but before that, late in the year, there were there were a bunch of foul trouble, and he put Dusty Reichert in in the second half against Michigan State. And the Gophers ended up winning that game. Oh, I don't remember. And Dusty that game. had okay. never hardly played, and I go, oh, "This is going to be a disaster." First time Dusty catched the ball, turnaround jumper, good. Well, the th- and he just never stopped. Dusty after that. was the, the the exact description of a guy that's just in the right spot. He, He's just technically sound. He was a guy who thought he was good. Yeah, and he, that because of that, he was good. Damian Johnson, who was great, uh, and then Spencer Tollickson, my my former guy that worked with me, good for Spencer getting out. I give I give Spencer a lot of crap, but Spencer had a pretty good. He four did have year, a good career. Almost a thousand points. Just under a thousand points. And when we come back at the top of the hour, uh, it's time for me to talk a little bit about the Wolves uh, and Tibbs and everything going on over there at Target Center, even though they're winning. 